Hello, everyone. Welcome back Welcome to our back. podcast. <laughs> it's been like a month and a half. It's okay, man. Life gets busy. Let me tell y'all. This has been like the busiest time in the gifted performance career that we've had. We did three back-to-back apparel runs. We started the Transformation Challenge. We are doing... What else are we doing? Black yeah, Friday, so, Cyber Monday. So much going on. Yep. And then we traveled so to see on. one of our clients competing in a Worlds thing, which was super cool. Uh, there's just a lot. But we've had the highest grossing month in all of Gifted Performance months of being a company, which is like the coolest thing ever, which we... Yeah, that's awesome. Can only hope for every month, but you know. It's only up from here, months. baby. <laughs> I know. We're excited to see what the new... Whoa, that was cool. What the new year brings. Yes. Um, Okay, so today, Jimmy and I are going to um, attempt to pick up from where we left off, which our last podcast was about protein. Um, So this podcast is going to be about carbs. Um, And then maybe the next one will be about fats. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) No kidding. Um. That's okay. That can be like a a goal for us for the new year, like our new year's resolution. Be more consistent. Maybe say no to things right. more often. I have like a really bad time saying no to things when people want my help. So then I end up saying yes to like 15 things per day and then like, well, now what do I do? That's okay. I feel like we all kind of struggle with that, finding that balance. I know I do. Mm-hmm. All right. So... Let's get into it. Um, what are carbs and what do they do for our bodies? I don't, I don't want to make this like a lecture thing, so I'm going to try like to Like a make PowerPoint? As, yeah, like I don't want that vibe here, so we're going to try to not do that. Um, all right. Well, I so, feel like everybody always, they like always say like good carbs, bad carbs, but it's not like a, that's not like a real thing. That's like a, right. like a misnomer. It's just like you have like, um, like the short chain and you have long chain, you have like fast digesting and slow digesting and you're like fast digesting carbs come from like sugars and juice table sugar stuff like that and then your longer like chain carbs are like more like starches i mean like potatoes and oatmeal and stuff um and then there's also carbs that come from fiber but those don't convert to any sort of energy but fiber is very necessary for your body to function it just doesn't really equate to much energy wise yes those are my carbs i i agree with you because i think that a lot of times carbs are just kind of categorized as either good or bad like you said no one actually understands (laughs) not no one but most people like it's it's hard to actually like get the information of like what the carbohydrate is doing for you and how there are different types of carbs but to label them good or bad is not necessarily the way to go um it's just more along the lines of what happens when you ingest that carb and how does it break down in your body depending on if it's simple or complex is usually the term that um people in the nutrition and fitness world would use so Basically, okay, so in our last podcast when we talked about protein, we explained how 
when like what a protein or what an amino acid does for your body so you ingest a protein breaks down into amino acid the amino acid then helps with cell function and all kinds of things within the body it also is used as a form of energy but so is a carbohydrate so carbohydrates provide us energy and then depending on going back to what i just said depending on the type of carbohydrate that you consume it does different things for your body So we have a simple carbohydrate and we have a complex carbohydrate. Um, Most people probably wouldn't have heard them as simple or complex, but uh, hopefully by explaining them a little bit, you guys will kind of get a gist. So a complex carbohydrate takes longer to break down and provides more long-lasting energy um, throughout the body. So this can be found in whole grains like oatmeal, potatoes, whole uh, bread, whole grain bread, and quinoa, like Jimmy just said. A uh, simple carbohydrate <laughs> can break down quickly um, in the body and is used as energy. This um, is referring to more of your processed uh, foods and sugars such as candy, table sugar, and syrups. Um, soft drinks as well are included in that. So how do they affect your performance in the gym? Um, well, Jimmy, I guess because you do CrossFit. I don't do CrossFit. So I feel like... Your diet is probably, you definitely have more carbs than I do, I would assume, Possibly. Right? Depending. I don't know. I feel like we've never, like, compared numbers before. But CrossFit also, um, they kind of have this, like, weird candy fetish, oh, which, like, yeah. lots of – if you talk to, like, like uh, an old-school CrossFitter, they usually used to have, like, Sour Patch Kids in their gym bag and, like, Swedish Fish and stuff. Honestly, that's kind of leaked into the bodybuilding world, but it's not as um, – like it's not as necessary you don't expend as much like glycogen in a workout in a bodybuilding workout as you would in a crossfit workout that is like single modality running or rowing or biking or skiing for like 5ks and 10ks where all you're doing is one completely uh exertive activity um Mm -hmm. so a lot of crossfitters are very big into like eating a like a simple carb which is going to be like a, a sour patch kid that's like a very silly example, but it's, it helps you get through a workout. They even have those like, um, carb gummies now that are yeah. like marketed more as like healthy, simple sugars, which is weird. Cause it's just, it's a gummy bear. Um, it's kind of silly, but, um, those sour strips also, I think that's what they're called. Um, I forget who it's like a bodybuilding thing. I forgot what company actually created them. They're just like, they look like, um, airhead strips but they're supposed to be like healthier alternatives to candy. They're all really just candy. Yeah. Have you seen those ones? Yeah. People no. are like sponsored by them. Oh, they have them in Target but like, now, but they used to only be sold online. When I hear about that, it almost, like you said, it's still like candy. So it just makes me kind of think it's a way to like have candy be more expensive. Cause I'm sure. Yeah. They market candy to athletes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make it. It's the only thing much. that is like, it's hel- helpful in like um in a workout like that because it's it's not gonna sit heavy in your stomach. It's something that's it's gonna digest really fast and like give you kind of that like instant like people like to say uh, what they say like sugar high, which isn't really yeah. like a true term. Um, but what we use a lot in our house is just full calorie Gatorade. And like if you've ever seen the macros on like a full calorie Gatorade, it's two hundred and thirty calories and it's all carbs. So like we get like the the eight ounce ones. Um, but we drink those, I'll drink like two in a workout and that's what 460 calories It's a lot, but yeah. with the amount of time, like we usually spend three or four hours in the gym doing 
again, like very exertive activities. Um, so we need that more in a workout than your like typical like bodybuilder would. Even though you'll hear lots of bodybuilders talk about intra workout carbs, which mm-hmm. intra workout carbs are going to be like carb powders, which are basically table sugar or Gatorade powder, which is like you said, another way to market something simple and like mark the price up higher if yeah. you call it something different. But it, it truly is. Like if you look at Gatorade powder and you look at like whatever brand's carb powder, they are the exact same chemical makeup. But it's just something that's fast digesting to give you the energy when you need it. You throw it in your shaker bottle and you drink it. But it's it's basically table sugar. But it gives you a, lot of, a good amount of energy for the time being to get you through your workout. Yeah. But I've never personally there. like – I've never personally used it, um, like a a carb powder or anything like that. But I've seen, like, um, some of like the bodybuilders in the gym that would bring like um, Sour Patch Kids or like um, I've seen like Redfish, like you know those like Redfish candies. Yeah, um, and they'll Swedish just fish. like. Swedish fish. There we go. Not redfish. Mm-hmm. Um, That's okay. But like they'll, they'll bring them in the gym and they'll just like eat them between sets and stuff like that. Um, so I'm curious I don't know. to know if they track like if they track those and they like attribute that to like their daily calories or if that's something that they think is like a net loss because they're like working out. They're like working, working off the carbs, which is not true. Um, those need to be accounted for if you are someone who is doing a type of fitness that requires you to have like an intra-workout intra snack. Like if you talk to elite level bodybuilders, they bring f- like four or five different snacks and meals to the gym because they are, again, like doing all these exertive workouts back to back and like they need to refuel to function because like you'll feel it in a CrossFit workout if you've eaten like an asshole all week or you haven't eaten like – for me, eating like an asshole is not eating. So if I haven't like been – keeping up with nutrition like you'll feel it and that was like one of the reasons we started eating breakfast because a lot of people can get away with not eating breakfast and like we've kind of like moved past that point in like the nutrition world where you're like forced to eat breakfast um yeah but if you're gonna do crossfit at like 10 a.m you like you need to eat breakfast like or else you suffer yeah, I think um, that, like, kind of makes my mind go kind of, you know, over here for a second. Um, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I don't know how to explain that, but we're going over here. here for a hot second. That's okay. Um, that makes me think about, like, because I'll have clients that, you know, I don't coach any uh, CrossFitters. I recently just took on a power lifter, but, like, I feel that's way different than CrossFit. Um, mm-hmm. And... My clients that train in the morning, some of them can get away with, like, training fasted, so to speak, or, like, mm-hmm. just, like, a protein shake, no carb, really, unless there's some carb from the protein shake, but, um, like, and they can get away with it, and it's fine, and then they eat right after their workout, and they feel okay, but I feel like if you're someone, because I feel like we have a wide demographic that listens to this podcast, so if you're someone that um, trains in CrossFit or honestly powerlifting too, I wouldn't suggest someone to go into a powerlifting session with no carbs in them, just like Mm -hmm. fresh out of bed. Like let's go powerlift. I don't think that's the way to go. Um, but I feel like if it's like general, like working out like bodybuilding, but like, you know, 
not like, like lifestyle lifting. Yeah, lifestyle lifting would you be gonna a go cool have way like a out. like a really simple like back and buys or like chest and tries day. Something that's gonna take you yeah. less than like an hour. You don't really right. need it. Or if you're like um someone who like runs, like competitively runs or swims, like again like that single modality like very extraneous like cardio based exercise. Um, the one place that I do feel it the most when I do not eat enough carbs or enough carbs before a workout is my brain because a lot mm-hmm. of um, when your body breaks down carbohydrates, a lot of it goes to fuel your brain um, and not tarp on CrossFit, but CrossFit's one of those uh, sports where you really need to be thinking a lot about how you're going to oh, break up sure. a workout, how you're going to time your workout, how like even like ca- uh, like calculating weights like on yeah. the fly, like if you needed, it's hard, man. And like if we if you don't eat appropriately before your workout and you're just standing there staring at the clock like, do I have seven minutes left or am I done? Do I have – how do I split this up? And then you get you shoot yourself in the foot just because you can't think on the fly. Um, one of the things that uh, Ryan does specifically and not me because I think it's gross, um, he makes his own pre-workout. I, I can't take any pre-workout, but he puts a ton of that Gatorade powder in it. So if you are not mm. a person who feels like you can eat before a sport, rely on those light carb powders. I'm not a huge fan yeah. of making people go and buy like a $60 tub of carb powder. We always say like, hey, Gatorade powder in that huge con- in container at Walmart, it's like $10. And like, yeah. does it taste the best? Uh, kind of. It's not that bad. Tastes like regular Gatorade. Um. Sometimes I feel like they flavor the expensive carb powders to market it differently. Like they got cotton candy and rocket pop and cereal milk and whatever gross thing they decide. But if you can get away with just like sucking it up and doing red, blue, orange, Gatorade powder is going to save you a lot. Also, if you are a, a, I don't only want to say a girl, but a girl who struggles with eating as much as they need to, to maybe gain weight or gain muscle, Gatorade has 100% like saved my dieting in that direction because like I can't sit down at the end of the day and finish like a 300 carb diet. I just can't. Like my body, like my stomach does not fit all of that in there. So drinking like two or three full calorie Gatorades a day have really substantially helped me. I mean, um, another really good drink that has a ton of carbs in it is those body armor drinks. Body armor is always like marketed as like a health drink, but if you look at the calorie count on it, it's ridiculous. It's Gatorade. It's really yummy, tasty Gatorade. I feel like I had a client who had brought up body armor drinks to me because she they wanted have, them for um, the a light electrolytes. One. Okay. Yeah. They have a potty armor light, but I've never had those ones, so I don't know what it tastes like, and I have never read the calories on it. Full, like, regular calorie body armor is a little bit – it's expensive calorie-wise. But, I mean, yeah, if you're a person who really likes the taste, I don't know. Especially for, like – so, like, if you – how do I want to put this? Um, <laughs> if you're an athlete, right, because I think – you have to approach the situation from two to like it, it's all like just depends on what your goal is and the training style that you have and like mm-hmm. 
I have women clients that are very like small and petite. So it is very hard for them to get full meals in because they get so full so quickly, at least like to start because they're not used to eating that much volume in like one sitting. So like if you're someone that I can only imagine if you're like an athlete and your carb count is extremely high, like if you're talking like over 200 into 300 grams of carbs per day, like to be able to get that all in food is like probably insane. Like you would have and to, all in I would like assume clean you would have food. to, yeah, that's the thing. Like I would assume you would have to do some uh, form of liquid carb, whether that be like the carb powder or some type of like sports drink that has the carbohydrates in it um, to, you know, at least around your workout. So it's not like you're eating all those carbs right before you go lift or do whatever sport it is that you are doing bagels bagels are our other like big yeah source of carbs in our house even though i'm not supposed to eat a lot of bagels because they hurt my stomach that's like another thing if you are another person out there who doesn't tolerate gluten the best and you have to eat a high carb diet I feel for you, which is another reason that I turned to Gatorade because it's gluten-free and there's a ton of carbs in it. So I can tolerate gluten in a certain amount and I cannot if I eat two bagels in a row. Bye, everyone. Yeah, you're done for for the day. Mm-hmm. That's a good point so, because and then they have like, like – go ahead. No, I was just going to say and then there's rice and then you eat so much yeah. rice that you're like, I don't want to look at rice anymore. It's going to make me cry. They have um, gluten-free bagels, but mm-hmm. I feel like at least the ones that I've tried, like they either taste like absolute crap or you have to eat because they're gluten-free. They're so thin, so they don't really have that many carbs. So you have to eat like four of them More. to even. Yeah. And it's just like it puts you in the same boat of like eating all of those all at once is just like a lot. Um, I will say this is a shameless plug, but Canyon Hill, Canyon, yeah, I think it's Canyon Hill Bakery makes a very good gluten-free bagel, like very good, even thinking of other bagels that I've had in my life. Very good. That's like my, I don't know if it's Canyon Bakehouse, Canyon, it's Canyon something, but we have them in our freezer and they also make um, waffles that are pretty good, but I don't know. You. I also think that I might have like a different opinion because I've had to eat them for so long that I think that I have um, maybe adjusted my standards on the way things taste. But I am so sick of making potatoes and making white rice that at this point I will try anything. And checks. I eat a lot of checks because that's like a good simple carb right there. Cereal. That's also easy to eat between your workouts if you need to. Um... Yeah. One thing that kind of just came to my mind is I feel like maybe this is a good place to transition for people that are afraid to eat carbs because I feel like the athletes that work so hard in the gym, in whatever facility they train in, depending on the sport, if you're carb intake is low and can't support your training not only is your training going to be off but I mean Jimmy you kind of noted earlier about how um you start noticing like brain fog and like fatigue 
from like a mental standpoint and i feel like mm-hmm. so many times especially in like the women po- or female population i have a lot of women that will come to me and it's like their carbs are so low that it makes so much sense why they're not seeing progress in the gym and progress in general because they feel like they have to eat so little and they don't realize um like if you fuel your body properly it's actually going to you know respond well um you're gonna enjoy the gym also it doesn't feel like a snail race it doesn't feel like every single thing that you're doing is like breaking your body you also recover a lot better so then Mm -hmm. you're like it's it's like kind of like positive cycle of like i feel better in the gym i'm doing more i'm recovering better i feel hungrier and then i can eat more and then it all just kind of like feeds into you it when everybody kind of thinks that it's the other way around i think also women have this idea that carbs make you bloat which like for some people that is true if you are intolerant of certain things so if you really like if you have like one thing that does fuck me up a lot um like gluten wise is wheat thins even though i love them they always like make my stomach like really bloated so i would if you are a woman out there who feels like no matter what carbs you eat, you always feel bloated or, like, bigger, I would play around with, like, food sensitivity tests and not paying for one of those male ones because those are not 100% accurate all the time. But, like, start eliminating things out of your diet and see how you feel one by one. Because I ended, yeah. I had to, I've had to do that multiple times. But, like, if you always have, like, two pieces of toast – in the morning before your workout and then you go to the gym and you're like, wow, I'm so bloated. I don't understand why this is happening. Maybe substitute those two toasts out for oatmeal and, or like a gluten-free toast. And then for like three weeks to a month, see if you look or feel better. And then if that's not the case, maybe go talk to a doctor or maybe try something different in your coffee or eliminate your coffee. Yeah, it's not just something that you can – no, like that's a really good point because you can't just – like if you feel like you have an um, intolerance to a type of carb or gluten and you take it out for like four or five days and you still don't feel any different, that doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't an intolerance there. Like you actually have to give yourself time. A lot of time. Your body needs to like – flush it all out and you have to be really like diligent with it because i've had to do this multiple times where i'm like well the three days that i didn't eat wheat thins i felt the same i still felt bad but then i was also eating like wheat bread for lunch yeah so like it really has to you have to like comb through and like one thing that helped me a lot was like following a low fodmap diet which is like a very complicated thing i think i've already talked about it before on this but Mm -hmm. it was very helpful and it was very um, – I'm still in the process of adding things back. And so far, so good. And um, But that goes into like that's not just a carb thing. That's not just a gluten thing. That goes into other agitators, which like we can talk about that on like that is a, a podcast in and of itself. In itself, um, yeah. But it was very, very like doing your own research and like research is such like a – a not appropriate word because research is means a lot of other things right do your own like looking it up and like see what (laughs) things could i don't like the word research because research is like Mm -hmm. what people spend like 10 15 years in school doing and like getting right not paid for it and it makes me sad to use that word um but like do your own thinking before you just jump into like a food sensitivity test because those are kind of like those dog dna tests 
that you do where it's like, is your dog really a German Shepherd or did you just pay $75 for your dog to spit in a cup and then tell you the same thing, whether you spit in the cup or the dog spit in the cup, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just a very, very skeptical about stuff like that. If you go to like an allergist, aller, allergist, allergenist, allergi- allergen- allergenist? I, mm, allergy doctor. I think, yeah, there we go. Okay. That's Maybe fine. you'll have better luck, but even with like clients that Ryan have had and has had in the past, well, I really can't talk today. Um, who has have had? Wow, you're good. <laughs> have had their allergies tested by a doctor. He has been able to help them through their diet work through those allergies and like get them back to like a place where they feel good. So those also might not be the most accurate things in the world. It is like a hundred percent trial and error. But now I, um, that was off on a tangent. No, you're fine. I had um, two things that came to mind while you were talking. Um, Perfect. So it could be um, like if you're someone that has uh, carbs and you notice that like bloating or fatigue or whatever the case may be, it could be an intolerance. A lot of times I've also seen it like, how do I want to phrase this? Um the individual may be consuming too much or too little of water. So then oh, yeah, when, water intake's huge. So then when you do have the carbohydrates, you have to think carbs are like a sponge. They like soak up whatever they can. So I guess in this sense it would make for like an understanding of what I'm trying to say and put into a sentence without confusing people. Like, if you had too much water and then you ate carbs, that water would then be soaked up and then into the carb, if you think of it like a sponge, theoretically. Um, And then you would bloat up like a balloon or you'd feel bloated. But I I also think that if you don't have enough uh, water, you will also bloat. Because I've gone through uh, phases and I've seen clients go through it too where life happens Either you aren't getting enough water in or you don't even realize how much water you should be drinking for you specifically yourself. And then Mm -hmm. you just bloat from that because you don't have enough water. Um, And then you have sodium coming in from the diet. It's just like that water-sodium balance, which might not be the right um, topic for this um, carb talk. But it is something to take into consideration. Yeah. It definitely goes hand uh, Ryan, in hand, I think. Ryan always says that uh, water in pushes water out. So, like, if you're not drinking enough water, you're not, like, pushing enough water out. So, it's kind of, like, yeah, sticking there. Because, like, sticking there. That's when a you great competition – Yeah, if you competition diet, you have that, that one week where you're drinking two gallons of water a day to push all of that water out, which, like, in my head, my first two years, I was like, this makes no sense. Putting all this water in my body is going to make more water in my body. And he's like, no, water in – equals water out i was like oh uh, you have like kind of a point there and then you wake up after that like i don't even think it's a week it's like three days of like water loading you wake up that like third mm-hmm. day and you've lost like three pounds you're like this is magic and he's like no it's science like that's what happens and you also cut your sodium like almost in half to like nothing during that couple of, like yeah. day not that i'm suggesting anyone go out and do that but like that's how my brain has made sense of that phenomenon so if if your water intake like your water intake is something that you should be like monitoring at all times, but like you said, life happens. And like sometimes you're running a hundred thousand errands a day and you don't want to carry your one gallon 
container with you everywhere you go or you drink through your small one and you're like, well, I'm just going to have four more coffees and I'll be good. Well, that yeah, Which, that's a whole other thing. I don't think people realize that like if you, the more caffeine you drink, the more water you have to match with that caffeine. I fall into this trap all the time where like I drink more coffee or I'll have like an extra, like I'll have like an energy drink after I've had probably like two cups of coffee in the morning, which, you know, even though it's just one extra energy drink, if it's like, I usually go for like a sugar-free, like a zero monster, which is I think 200 milligrams of caffeine. So like I need to up my water. Is that, is that low? Well, I have a can right now. No, here. I think that's right. I think that like Monster, I think Monster is just like has become like it used to be the caffeinated drink, but like a bang has like yeah. 350 milligrams of caffeine in it. And like a rain is like the same thing. And that's then you have those ghost energy drinks. Yeah. There's like this yep. like hierarchy where one would come, one comes out and it's just like a little bit more than the next one and a little bit more than the next one. And sometimes if you don't do the math on like, it'll say there's like 200 grams or milligrams of caffeine in half of a can. And you're like, well, I just drink mm. whole cans. So those, do you remember they those like you. those red line shots? Those like red line, they're like little ones. If they're like like well, this big, they're like we at least from in where I'm from, they were called five hour energy shots. But I don't know if that's the same thing that you're talking about. It's similar, but VPX Redline, uh, who makes Bang, they used to just be Redline. Oh, okay. And they make these, like, they kind of, they're like this big, they're like the size of a, like a Danimals drinkable yogurt, but Mm. they are not that. Um, But if you don't read it, it has like this little measuring lines on the side. If you don't read it, um, it says that it's, you're only supposed to drink half of it. Uh, But my mother-in-law drank uh, the whole thing and thought that she was having a heart attack and almost drove herself. You're talking about Cindy? Yeah. She did not read the podcast. (laughs) I don't think so, but she did not read. This was like 2013. This was like when VPX was like brand new. There were not, it was not like a saturated market, but uh, she like picked one up at the gas station and it said like specifically says on the side, do not drink more than half of this. But that's like how they can kind of get away with also saying like 200 milligrams of caffeine per serving, per serving. There's two servings and something that's this big. But now it's like one of um her favorite things to talk about when she first started like tra- like dieting and exercising, which like if you've listened to like one of Ryan's like most recent podcasts, he talks about how his first client was his mom because he couldn't say- she couldn't say no to him. So just, Aww, like the most so long times long time standing client. Yeah, she she works it out there at LA Fitness, Palm Beach Gardens. She always tells people about Ryan and his uh, gifted that. performance. She's free marketing an amazing right there. woman. It is. And she yeah. looks great. She looks better. She looks younger now than when we um when I met her. So go Cindy. That's awesome. Goals. Um, but Cindy now goals. back to our regularly scheduled programming. I think that we talked about the most of the things that we wrote down to talk about. Um my like go to carb sources are i hate to say it but like granola bars they're not necessarily the healthiest thing in the world but as someone who needs to kind of like pack in a good amount of carbs in to like smaller meals because i really don't have the stomach to sit down and eat like 300 grams of potatoes which i wish that i could but i actually i just can't 
but like a nature's valley bar um they are not necessarily the best thing in the entire universe but they have a ton of carbs and it's really easy to eat one well they come in like the two um yeah and then i'm a big huge rice person i'm getting more and sick of more sick of rice by the day but I have like a rice cooker. I have this $10 rice cooker that I swear to God was the best investment that I've ever made. It's from Amazon. I've linked it in like every recipe that we've ever posted that has rice in it. And you can put three cups of rice in it and cook it. And it's done in like 20 minutes. And then you have like, it makes like three containers, like little glass containers full of rice in your fridge. And That's amazing. this is like a, yes. And this is just a, another tangent. If you buy the rice from Publix in the little packet, you have to be very, very careful because they use, like, sunflower oil and corn oil in it to, like, not make mm-hmm. the rice stick together. And if you're not reading it, there's, like, 10 grams of fat in the whole thing, which, like, 10 grams of fat is, like, here and there. But if you have that package of rice three times a day, that's 30 grams of fat. So yeah. everyone be out, out, out there be thinking. And they're also expensive compared to just cooking up that rice at home. Um, you also yeah. brought, you posted on the, on Instagram the other day, um, those little hash browns or like the little potatoes in a bag that have no yes. fat. I love those. And I was really glad that you They're talked amazing. about that because I was like, people just walk right by that and think like, one, it's not marketed as like a healthy option, Yeah, but it's a lazy person's way to make potatoes with no added fat. Some of them have like added flavor. Like they have like the hash brown o'brien ones and it has like diced up like onions and peppers and if you just throw that in a pan it takes like five minutes and it's done i'm telling I'm you i'm all for it like i am all for it it's been so easy because like i'm the type of person where and i spend so much more money because i don't get i don't have a rice cooker and i used to just boil rice on the stove but like i can't do that i don't know how it works it's just like I'll overcook it and then it's mushy mm-hmm. or then I undercook it and then it's crunchy, which is, I guess, like to some degree, actually, hold on a second. I remember learning that if you don't cook your rice all the way, it doesn't have, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. It doesn't have like the same starch content, I want to say. Nutritional value? As like, yeah, well, yeah, like if you eat your rice when it's not all the way cooked so there's a little bit more of a crunch to it it's supposed to be better for someone that has to monitor um like starchy foods if that makes sense huh i, I remember did learning not know that i feel like i've read a lot of stuff yeah. like that but huh um, that is news to the me the dietitian that i but work I, with I will not eat rice like that. that i Mm-mm. i don't like crunchy rice i don't like overcooked rice i'm very like has to be perfectly cooked rice and i'm telling you ten dollar rice cooker on amazon it will save it, it honestly it saves your life it saves your time it comes and it comes in pink uh if you want a pink thing in your kitchen which i always do um girl vibes yeah um uh, yeah um gatorade is my other big uh go-to like very quick like especially on a day at the end of the day where i'm looking like i'm locking my food and i very very lightly track my food i'm more concerned with like at least getting all the protein in for the day and like my carbs and fats can kind of fall here or there but during times where we're like really aggressively training like right now because we are competing on saturday and then during like the open when we compete like Mm -hmm. back to back to back to back like five days in a row 
Um, at the end of the day, and I saw like a hundred carbs left. I got Gatorade, and like I don't feel horrible go. after drinking it because like your stomach capacity doesn't like expand that much. Because I have my choices, I could do that or I could do like oh my god, it'd be like three cups of oatmeal, which is so heavy. That's like the heaviest thing ever. And then That's there's a, a ton of fiber. And, like, my stomach also doesn't handle a lot of fibrous things, which is why I stick to, like, rice and, like, other gluten-free items. A lot of gluten-free things do not have fiber in it, which is, like, a kind of a negative caveat as well. So if you are someone yeah. who diets on a very, like, a gluten-free diet, you have to find a way to get fiber in. The fiber. Because a lot of that, like, yep. fibrous wheat hole that is on, like, wheat items, it's part of what agitates your stomach. Um you need that. That's like that insoluble fiber that helps everything kind of move along. And unfortunately, that's very important to your body. And it's hard to get. And Ryan always talks about like how you can like kind of supplement with like things like Benefiber. But like you really, really want to be getting fiber from like whole food items like berries. Berries are like a good thing. But then if you have like diverticulitis, which is like another issue with your stomach, you can't have anything with seeds in it. So, and yep. women ha are very prone to diverticulitis. So it kind of just sucks to be a woman sometimes because you got like all these things going at once and ugh, it's a mess. But it's there very, are ways around it. Yeah, no, it's very complicated. And I think that that's why it's so important to like for people to not do research but to look up like what they should be doing for their specific bot like their specific needs and what their body you know what needs is a really good so source um is reddit and like i yeah, never really I've gone on reddit until i never went on reddit until i started really having bad stomach issues and the community on reddit is insane it's like you can post like a label of a food item and be like in like it's in that like I don't know what they call it, backslash whatever topic it is. And it's like backslash IBS or like backslash diverticulitis. And you'll post like yeah. a picture of a label and be like, has anyone experienced symptoms eating this gluten-free item? And people will be like, yeah, it's like the artificial sugar in it. It's not actually like gluten. It is gluten-free, but it's the artificial sugar in it that's upsetting yeah. your stomach. And you're like, holy shit, I never even thought about that. And then you go into this whole like deep dive on like does artificial sugar – affect people with IBS and then it's like all this research that it's like oh and I would have never thought about that thanks all right thanks reddit yeah so <laughs> no you shouldn't I that's not a like client. a like a college thing but no but like I have a client she has diverticulitis and she's pre-diabetic and so oh, of course her doctor now I'm not harping on doctors here by any means but her doctor obviously when you're pre-diabetic the doctor says listen you got to eliminate sugar and you have to be like lean towards things that are sugar free um or like are made without sugar and of course like not knowing any better like one would gravitate towards um like the sugar-free candies the sugar-free cookies like all that kind of stuff Splenda. because Splend yeah okay so then there's Splenda in it and there's all that type of artificial sweetener depending on what they use but she would notice when she would allow herself to have the artificial sweeteners or the sugar-free things thinking that she was doing something good because of her 
pre-diabetic state, she was also triggering her diverticulitis symptoms. So then it was back and forth of like, I don't know what I can do. Can I even eat anything? And it can be really frustrating, but it goes back to truly knowing, like understanding what your body needs depending on medical conditions or any type of like chronic diseases that you may be developing or already have. And it's not just see what someone else is doing and they're doing it and they like look amazing. Let me do that. You actually have to like look into like what's going to work into for these me things and what's going to work for you. Yeah, exactly. Do you know if she has like an intolerance to stevia? Stevia usually sits better in people's stomach um, or like um, so, allulose. I have tried to make certain recommendations. But oh. she's an older client. So Got it. that's something where it depends on, you know, obviously the demographic kind of changes like their food habits and like their choices and stuff. So getting um, it's like one step of one step at a time, like understanding oh, how yeah. the artificial sweeteners connect to triggering her the, symptoms. Um, her symptoms. And then once that's understood, then how can we move forward one step at a time kind of thing? So stevia would be um, my next step option. Step number three. If Step number three. There we go. Okay. Um, also, uh, sugar alcohols and sugar-free gum. That is like a 100% huge trigger. I can't even have one piece of sugar-free gum without my stomach being fucked up. That was like one thing wow. that I learned during my last – bodybuilding prep because like you become obsessed with gum when you're dieting because it gives your mouth something to do and it feels like food and then like one gum in general upsets ibs because it triggers your body into thinking it's eating and then you're not getting actual food and you're just swallowing a bunch of spit and then your body's trying to digest that and your body's upset because it's trying to like work on something that's not actually there um and it causes Mm -hmm. like people who have ibs with gas it's like the worst thing for you to have um, also, sugar alcohols are very upsetting to people who have IBS or, like, other, ish, like, bowel issues. Um, and the, it's, like, a yeah. specific sugar alcohol that they use in sugar-free gum. And it's the same sugar-free alcohol – or sugar alcohol that they have in Propel. And, like, I cannot drink Propel mm. without throwing up, which is wow. super fun fun knowledge. Um, but that's, like, another thing you have to play around with when you are, like, experiencing yeah. things like this. It's, like, Splenda for me, 100% Okay. Any other, like, I forget what sweet and low is. If I thought really hard, I would remember, be able to remember what it is. But it is a different chemical makeup than Splenda. There's two different ones. Um, Or maybe it's equal. I don't try, I don't fuck around with either of those two. And I don't like the taste of Stevia, but I know that it works for me. It, like, doesn't hurt my stomach. And I know a lot of people have reported that it doesn't. And I think the other one's allulose. Or allulose might be fiber. I don't. I don't want to be wrong. Sweet, uh, sweet and low contains dextrose. Yeah. What's allulose? But it doesn't say. Yeah, allulose is another. Um, I think it's a plant-based sweetener. It's a low-calorie sweetener. I don't think it's calorie-free though. But that was the other thing that everyone was on this Reddit page is talking about. All these Reddit doctors. 
tastes like sugar. Yeah, I've heard good things about uh, Reddit. Yeah, so if you guys are looking for a community of people who are potentially struggling the way you are and have some other help to it. Also, I learned a lot about like like lactose-free items still upsetting your stomach and then you not being allergic to the actual lactose in dairy and being allergic to a, like a protein that's in dairy or a sugar that's in dairy. It's which yeah, I, I've it's heard of that. kind of like yeah, there's a lot of I don't know, there's a lot of stuff out there to learn. There's a lot of stuff up th- out there to try and it does get very overwhelming when you feel like I can't eat anything. I like cannot win for losing because I get into that situation all the time. Um even when I think that I'm eating like mindfully, uh it'll be like the like coffee that I had that day. They didn't actually put almond milk in it. They put this in it and then like I then that ruins your whole day. <laughs> That's that's shitty. probably like one of the hardest things, like going out to eat. So like, when I when I how do I explain this? If you're trying to better your health, better your gut health, whatever it is, I think more people need to realize that like there's gonna be a f- uh, moment in time or a phase of where you don't go out to eat because you're trying you can't to trust fix anything. the issues. You can't, yeah, you can't trust anything. You are trying to fix the issue at hand, especially if, you know, you have an intolerance to certain carbohydrates or how they prep the carb or what they put in the carb when they cook. Like, you don't know. So, like, going out to eat can cause a lot of issues because you're eating things that you don't necessarily know what goes into it. Um, And it could be the simplest thing, but it might just trigger something. So, like, when you're, like, embarking on this journey... I guess is a good way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. And struggling with gut issues, taking a step back and focusing on feeding, like fueling your body with whole foods that you actually know Things what are that going you into cook it. From home. Like, yeah, that's uh, um, yeah, it's got to happen. The my oldest but, brother has seal um, uh, has Crohn's, uh, which mm-hmm. means that he can't go out to eat at all. Because he has such a yeah. severe gluten allergy that if they don't change their gloves, cook their food on a different surface, make sure that all of, like, their food utensils are away from, like, and there's, there are no restaurants. There are no restaurants, food trucks, anything, even if they have a gluten-free option. Um, it is glu- being baked gluten-free or co- prepared gluten-free, but it's not being transferred as a gluten-free item like the cook isn't changing their gloves and like if you have a severe enough gluten allergy um or if again like you said if you are trying to figure out if you are gluten intolerant or like anything intolerant like you cannot trust the people out there the knife that they cut the onions with which is like a big um like ibs symptom item like onions and garlic are like number one thing that you cut out um yeah the uh, knife they cut the onion with might be the knife they cut your lettuce with so now you're fucked Yep. And, like, that's unfortunate, but, like, I work in the food service industry, and I know for a fact that none of this stuff is being monitored at all. Yeah. And, like, it it sucks to be on both sides of that because, I mean, now I'm just the most untrusting person ever. And, like, I'm lucky that I'm not in, like, a position where, like, that's going to kill me, but, like, people who have Crohn's and celiacs and things like that, that, that can really, that can really fuck them up. So, like, you just end up not eating out. Alcohol is, like, another one that you have to be very careful with, too. Being a bartender, like, I know yeah. how, like, 
how even in my like little heart, I want to say that we practice like good cleanliness, but like it's a fast paced moving bar and we're trying to get drinks out as fast as possible. And like if you have an allergy and you tell me like I'm going to do my best, but like I can't guarantee like this cup here didn't have cherries in it five minutes ago. And like I washed it, but I just dip, dip, dip. How well. Yeah. You just kind of dip it and that sponge like cleans that or whatever. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, and that's not, not me bad mouthing my own bar. I've worked in a lot. So that's just yeah. how it goes. Um, so you should also stay away from alcohol. Alcohol is like an agitator to your stomach anyway. If you are going down this path and you are doing ABC and the only thing that you are not doing is cutting out alcohol, you got to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's no such thing as a clean I alcohol. Agree. There's no such thing as a calorie-free alcohol. You got to just mm-hmm. cut that shit out. Just for a little bit. And then in a month, if all of your symptoms are gone and you're like, oh, it was the four glasses of red wine I was drinking every night. Maybe you then could just cut it you down. You should come like, back to this what? podcast. <laughs> Let us know we changed your life and mm-hmm. we'll feel great about it. <laughs> yeah, it's not even about being like a functioning alcoholic at this point. It's about being a functioning human outside and not feeling like shit mm-hmm. all the time. But now I feel like we've gone off on many cha- tangents and we're almost at an hour mm-hmm. here, party people. But I think that we ended up talking mostly about carbs, but a lot about uh, ways that carbs can affect your body negatively and ways that your yep. body can be affected positively. Um, so I hope that if you are out there and you feel like we've kind of like hit the nail on the head, um, that's great. If there's something that you guys need us to like kind of clarify, or if you are also just kind of suffering out there with stuff, you can talk to us about it. Cause I feel like both Jess and I have been down the road of like intolerances to things and stomach issues and we're here to help. Yeah. That was fine. Feel free to reach out. Yeah. We or have, if there's something uh, that you want us to like elaborate on, like, like a yep. certain symptom that you're experiencing due to food or maybe due to alcohol, let us know. We'll do our research, our looking it up. We'll ask the experts that we know. Make sure that we're not giving you any false info. But yeah. Then until next time. I think you did good. We, we will see you next week. 100%. We will see you next week. All right. I'll make sure of it. Jimmy just said it, so I guess we're seeing you next week. <laughs> I promise. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye, everyone.